Hi everybody, this is Rob Swatsky from the York campus of Hack, and in this podcast we'll review the mechanisms of blood clotting. We know that blood is a suspension consisting of blood plasma and the formed elements, the blood cells. The blood plasma is 91.5% water, 7% proteins, and 1.5% other solutes. As blood is flowing through intact vessels, it is a liquid, but when it is removed from the body in a blood sample, it gets thicker in consistency and develops into a gel, which over time separates from the liquid component of blood. The blood serum is the liquid part of the sample, which is blood plasma without its clotting proteins. The blood clot is the gel, which is made of fibrin, an insoluble protein that forms into a network, as we see here in yellow, that catches and traps the blood cells, stopping the blood from hemorrhaging. The gel forms through the process of clotting, also called coagulation. Clotting occurs through a series of complex enzyme-catalyzed chemical reactions that ends in the development of the fibrin protein fibers. There are a variety of chemicals in blood plasma and the platelets involved in the clotting reactions, called clotting or coagulation factors. They include calcium ions, various inactive enzymes secreted by the liver, called typically clotting factors and represented by Roman numerals, and tissue factor, also called thromboplastin, which are released from damaged tissues and activated platelets. Clotting factors are also referred to by Roman numerals, which is a naming convention that indicates the order in which they were discovered, not the order in which they appear in the clotting reactions. The fat-soluble vitamin, vitamin K, produced by intestinal bacteria and absorbed into the blood, is required in the production of four of the clotting factors. People with vitamin K deficiencies often have problems with uncontrolled bleeding. When the blood clotting reactions start, each clotting factor activates molecules of the next clotting factor in an orderly manner until a large amount of the final product, the insoluble fibrin proteins, is made. These reactions occur in a fast-moving series of events called a cascade which is similar to a chain reaction. Also think of an analogy involving a snowball rolling down a hill. As the snowball starts, it's very small, but as it rolls down the hill and accumulates more snow, it builds up in size and gets bigger and bigger and bigger by the time it reaches the bottom of the hill. There are also positive feedback cycles within the clotting cascade reactions that are involved that can create a stronger response. There are three main stages in the clotting reactions. There are two different pathways, the extrinsic and intrinsic pathways, that lead to the production of the same product, the enzyme prothrombinase. When prothrombinase is produced, the remainder of the steps of the clotting reaction follow one series of reactions called the common pathway. 
Secondly, a plasma protein called prothrombin is transformed into the enzyme thrombin by prothrombinase. And third, the plasma protein fibrinogen is converted from its soluble state into the insoluble protein fibrin by thrombin. Fibrin forms the insoluble protein fibers of the blood clot. Now let's take a closer look at each of these three stages of the clotting cascade. The extrinsic pathway is faster than the intrinsic pathway, taking only a few seconds. It has fewer steps than the intrinsic pathway. Extrinsic means outside of, and this pathway is so named because of how it is triggered. Tissue factor, symbolized by TF, a tissue protein consisting of membrane chemicals such as phospholipids and lipoproteins, moves into the blood from damaged cells outside of the blood, and its presence launches the extrinsic pathway. When interacting with calcium ions, tissue factor helps activate clotting factor 10, which then combines with clotting factor 5 in the presence of more calcium ions to trigger the synthesis of the enzyme prothrombinase. The extrinsic pathway is now finished and the common pathway begins. The intrinsic pathway takes longer to complete, usually finishing in several minutes, and is more complex than the extrinsic pathway. Intrinsic means inside of, and this pathway has this name because the chemicals that trigger it are either contained inside of the blood or in direct contact with the blood. One trigger of the intrinsic pathway is damage to the endothelial cells that line the blood vessels. Blood contacts expose connective tissue such as collagen fibers located around the endothelium. Platelets are also damaged as a result of endothelial cell damage, which causes the damaged platelets to release membrane phospholipids. When blood makes contact with exposed collagen fibers, clotting factor 12 is activated, and in the presence of calcium ions, activates clotting factor 10. Also, another way the intrinsic pathway activates clotting factor 10 is through the platelets. When platelets are damaged and release their phospholipids, clotting factor 10 will be activated in the presence of calcium ions. And just like the extrinsic pathway, when clotting factor 10 is activated, it combines with clotting factor 5 to produce the enzyme prothrombinase. The intrinsic pathway is now finished and the common pathway begins. When the enzyme prothrombinase is produced, the common pathway starts up. In this series of reactions, prothrombin, which is clotting factor 2, is converted to thrombin in the presence of calcium ions and catalyzed by the enzyme prothrombinase. This makes up the second stage of the clotting reactions. In the third and final stage of the clotting reactions, the soluble protein fibrinogen, which is clotting factor 1, 
is converted to insoluble loose fibrin threads in the presence of calcium ions and thrombin. Additionally, thrombin activates clotting factor 13, called fibrin stabilizing factor, or FSF, which reinforces the fibrin threads into a stronger clot. There are also two positive feedback loops related to thrombin and the common pathway. These are shown in the diagram in green arrows and the plus signs. First, thrombin, along with clotting factor 5, speeds up the rate of prothrombinase production, which then increases the rate of thrombin production. Secondly, the presence of thrombin also activates platelets, which enhances their aggregation as they clump together and adhere to each other, as well as the release of their platelet phospholipids from their membranes. These phospholipids can then activate clotting factor 10. Upon its formation, the blood clot seals off the damaged area of the blood vessel and prevents further loss of blood. The clot then tightens up and matures in the process of clot retraction, giving adequate time for repair of the blood vessel damage. In this stage, the fibrin protein threads making up the clot slowly contract which brings the edges of the damaged blood vessel closer together. During this time, the clot is reinforced with more clotting factor 13, fibrin stabilizing factor, released by the platelets within the clots. Now blood vessel repair can take place in the damaged area with production of new endothelial cells and connective tissues. Clots can form in any blood vessel at any time, including vessels that are not damaged. In areas of blood vessels where there are small patches of roughness or the beginning of an atherosclerotic plaque, a clot can start to develop. Fortunately, the body has several hemostatic control mechanisms to minimize or prevent the formation of these inappropriate clots. One way the body does this is through the fibrinolytic system, which is able to break down clots in newly repaired blood vessels and also small, inappropriate clots in undamaged vessels. Clot breakdown is called fibrinolysis. During clot formation, an inactive enzyme from the blood plasma called plasminogen is synthesized within the clot. Plasminogen can then be transformed into an active enzyme called plasmin, also called fibrinolysin, which breaks down fibrin threads and turns off assorted clotting chemicals such as prothrombin, clotting factors 5 and 12, and fibrinogen. There are also some other built-in mechanisms that reduce inappropriate clot formation. Clots usually stay localized around the site of blood vessel damage because the fibrin threads absorb thrombin into the clot, preventing its spread elsewhere along the undamaged blood vessel. Also, the clotting factors are released into the blood in low concentrations, which reduces their ability to form inappropriate clots elsewhere along the vessel. 
Blood clotting is also influenced by prostacyclin, a type of prostaglandin lipid released by white blood cells and endothelial cells that prevents platelet adhesion and release, counteracting the effects of thromboxane A2. There are also a group of chemicals found in blood called anticoagulants that can slow down, shut down, or prevent blood clotting. Some examples of anticoagulants include antithrombin, which inhibits clotting factors 12, 10, and 2, prothrombin. Heparin, that is secreted by basophils and mast cells, which enhances the activity of antithrombin and activated protein C, or APC, which inhibits other clotting factors and helps activate plasminogen. Even with the help of the fibrinolytic system and anticoagulants, inappropriate blood clots can still develop in a process called intravascular clotting or thrombosis. Platelets can stick to rough patches of blood vessel endothelium caused by infection, physical trauma, or atherosclerosis, the hardening of the arteries. When blood flows slowly through vessels, a phenomenon called stasis, clotting factors in blood can build to locally high concentrations that trigger coagulation. When clotting occurs in an undamaged vessel, typically a vein, it is called thrombosis, and the blood clot or thrombus forms. The thrombus may break down on its own, or it can be left intact and become loosened from the vessel lining and then carried through the bloodstream. The clot is now called an embolus. An embolus may then become lodged in a smaller blood vessel, which can lead to a stoppage of blood flow to a vital organ. For example, a pulmonary embolism occurs when an embolus becomes lodged within a pulmonary artery within the lungs.